Greetings and welcome to the Mount Calvary Nation podcast hosted by Mount Calvary Baptist Church in Dayton, Ohio, where our pastor is the Reverend S.N. Winston Jr. We thank you for joining us and hope that this episode blesses you. Sunday. Y'all blessed? Y'all doing all right? Amen. Well, we are here on today um, to lift up the name of Jesus. Amen, somebody. Amen. And we're here to celebrate um, our pastor. Amen. And elect lady on the day also. Put your hands together. Amen. Let's thank God for them. Amen. One of my favorite psalms is Psalm number 136. Man, I love that psalm. And it starts out and it says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. Can I get my preach on for a quick second? Amen. The Bible says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. See, see it, it doesn't matter how you feel on today. God is still good. Amen. You may be able to walk or you might be in a wheelchair, but my God is still good. You may not have a penny in your pocket, but you might have a bank load of money, but my God is still good. You may have never got COVID or, or you may have to suffer from it or lost a, a family member from it, but my God is still good. Amen. See, his goodness is not based on how we feel. It's right here in the text why he's good, because his mercy endureth forever. Somebody ought to clap their hands on that thing. Because it had, if it had not been for his mercy, we would not be here on today. So all give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good and his mercy endureth forever. Amen. 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 Come on, y'all. Let's have some prayer. Father God, Lord, we thank you for the day. We thank you that you woke us up on this morning. We thank you that you got us started on this day. We thank you, Father God, Lord, that we're here today, able to hear a word from you. We ask that you bless the man of God that's going to bring the word today. We pray that lives will be changed because of your word on today. And we thank you for our pastor and his wife and his family on the day. We love you, Father. Bring your Holy Spirit in here and dwell among us, Father God, so that we can have a good time in you. We love you. We thank you. And we bless your holy name. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Come on and open up your mouth and begin to give God praise. Come on, open up your mouth and get, begin to give God your best praise. Come on, give him your best, your very best. If that's your best, I won't ask you to do anything else. But if that's not your best, because he gave us his best. So come on and give God your very, very best. Because he's worthy to be praised. He's mighty in all of his ways. He's a faithful God, a mighty God, a keeping God, a faithful God. So come on and give God your because he's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. I will call upon the Lord, for he's worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies, because he's a keeper. That's why. Come on, clap your hands. Come on, come on. 
president. That means he's in control. You don't have to worry, because the government sits upon his shoulder. He's all in control, and he's the Lord over your life. If I turn it on, amen. I'm here to give a few pastoral observations. Um, Brother Rodney Rainey passed, um, son of Phyllis Willer, brother of Tiffany Cooper. Um, can we please keep um, them in our prayers? Brenda Zachary passed, niece of Jaynard Clickscales. Amen, if I said that right. Okay, amen, Jannard, okay. Uh, let's keep them in prayer also. And please keep our pastor in prayer. This has had to be um, weighing very heavy on him, um, dealing with so many uh, folks passing on and bereaved family members. We must keep him in prayer. Amen, somebody. Very busy man um, dealing with all that um, God has put on his plate. But God never gives us too much that we cannot bear. But let's pray for him. Amen. Amen. You are invited to join the Annie Will Scott Missionary Ministry for a Circle of Love meeting on Tuesday, October the 11th at 1.30 p.m. in the church parking lot. Please bring your own chair. Amen. This is for current members and anyone interested in joining the group. If you have any questions, please contact Mary Tucker at 937-268-0879. That's Mary Tucker at 937-268-0879. And wear your pink next Sunday, October the 16th for Pink Sunday. We will celebrate our breast cancer survivors. Amen. And if you are a breast cancer survivor, amen. Put your hands together. Amen. We thank God for the technology and the medicines and the doctors that have put their heads together to, to this um, deadly disease. Amen. And if you are a breast cancer survivor, please um, turn your name. Um, please, it says, please your name with the ladies at the lobby. Leave your name um, at the lobby with the ladies that are there or call the church office at 937-268-6737. Sunday, October the 23rd, we will go to worship with Greater Mount Zion in Cleveland. There will be a bus going and it's $25 per person. See Miss Marilyn Rutledge uh, for more information about the bus. And if you don't have the $25 to make the ride, um, Brother Burks has a gang of money. Um, he don't know what to do with it, but I'm, I'm going to say just holla at him. He's right here, you know. Holla at him. He got five on it. 
Sunday, October the 30th, 30th is dinner with pastor for the new members who have joined since 2019. Amen? Amen. And we will now welcome our visitors, those who uh, may be in the building or at home um, watching online. And if you are here visiting with us today, would you put your hand in the air? Amen. If you're here, vis amen, amen. Come on, choir. Let, let's welcome our visitors on today. Amen. Come on, congregation. Welcome to be here, amen, in the house of the Lord, amen. amen. Praise the Lord, Mount Calvary. Come on, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I've been asked to and gladly accept to introduce our speaker for today, the Reverend Dr. Keith A. Troy the pastor of New Salem Baptist Church in Columbus, Ohio. And he's pastor's pastor. Let's give him a hand. Hallelujah. The ability to wrap the traditional virtues of our forefathers' religion within the framework of modern-day reverence is a hallmark of the great religious leaders. A learned scholar, Dr. Keith Troy was blessed with such a gift and has become widely regarded as a minister, teacher with a shepherd's heart. And always at his side is his wife, Minister Brenda Troy. And together they have been faithful servants of the New Salem Baptist Church in Columbus, Ohio for nearly 40 years. Praise the Lord. Pastor Troy preached for pastor's anniversary last year, and at that time, the Holy Spirit made a divine connection between these two great men of God. And after the choir, please welcome our pastor's pastor, Dr. Keith A. Troy. In Psalms 68, verse 35, it says, Oh God, you are awesome from your sanctuary. The God of Israel himself gives strength and power to the people. Blessed be God. I'm going to say it one more time. Oh God, 
you are awesome from your sanctuary the God of Israel himself gives strength to the strength and power to the people so we're going to thank God for, for his strength and for his power that he gives us every day because he's an awesome God come on lift up your hands and tell him thank you thank you Father for being awesome thank you Lord for being holy thank you for being our deliverer thank you Lord for being our keeper we thank you Jesus thank you Lord my God is awesome he can move mountains keep me in the valley hide me from the rain my God is awesome he heals me when I'm broken strength where I am weakened forever he reigns yeah 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 so awesome God right here my God is awesome he can, he can move mountains, keep me in the valley, hide me, hide me from the rain. My God is, my God is awesome. Heals me when I'm broken, strength where I'm weak, forever healing. Oh! 
Cause you move mountains <laughs> You call to us above With your power You perform miracles There is nothing That's impossible And we're standing here Only because you made a way You move mountains You call to us above With your power Yes, Lord You perform miracles There is nothing There is nothing There is nothing There is nothing That's impossible, and we're standing here only because you made and we're standing here only because. Yes, sing it. Everybody, sing it over the room. And we're standing here only because. Music. Close your eyes and sing to him. Only because. When you're all alone by yourself, and this all you got is just you and God. So sing to him right now. Lift up your hands in this place and sing to him. Only because you've made a way and we're standing. Only because you made one more time. And we're standing here. Only because you made a way. Church, amen. You may be seated. I was fine till you got to that part about you move, he moves mountains. Maybe you haven't had a mountain moved in a while. But from last year, 
this time to this year right now I've had God move some mountains I'm here to tell you he's a miracle worker and he's a God who's worthy to be praised now I don't know what your praise motif is but whatever it is every now and then you just ought to tell God thank you every now and then you just ought to tell God thank you I don't know what he's brought you through but I'm here to tell you it pays to serve him and it pays every single day to your pastor and his esteemed wife and family I didn't know I would be back after last year so I guess we alright I was smiling because they've shared with you that he asked me to be his pastor last year this time and I was as much surprised as you were because he really don't know all about me and so I'm just grateful for the privilege of being your pastor's pastor and so when he called I didn't have an option he called because he's your pastor's pastor's president and so when the president calls it trumps the pastor's role let's celebrate his role not only as pastor but president of our convention amen oh you ought to do better than that you ought to do better than that Certainly the lady elect, we're grateful for the role that she plays and the example that she sets. <laughs> Give a special shout out to the children. I know what this day feels like and you can't be, it can't be over soon enough, so I'm not going to be too long. Amen. All right. I, I understand. I've sat in that role for a long time. Amen. Amen. Um, please allow me personal privilege. Uh, I have now been blessed as of last Sunday to pastor the New Salem Church for 39 years. And I am grateful for that opportunity and privilege. But every now and then you go places and you run into extended family. And I want to introduce you to my extended family that's here in this area because their grandmother became the grandmother to my children when my wife's mother passed. And so they are extended family. And I'm grateful to see the Burbridge clan. Y'all y'all stand. I didn't holler y'all out. Y'all might as well stand so folks will know. Now I need y'all to take care of them while they're here. All right? All right. That, that's, that's real family. And so I'm just grateful to see them and grateful. I found out last week that they already knew I was coming. And now at 1104, the New Salem family realizes that I'm not at New Salem. Uh, and so, because sometimes you just got to get away and they don't know till they turn on the tube in terms of those kind of things. So I trust that New Salem will be all right for a Sunday. Amen. Since last we met, my life has been changed dramatically. Two weeks after I was here last year, my 96-year-old mother transitioned without notice. 
just put her head in my father's lap and went to sleep. I praise God for answered prayer. Because I said, Lord, if you, when and if you take her, she doesn't want to go back to the hospital anymore and I don't want her to suffer. I want you to hear me today. I don't care who you are, you're never ready. I don't care how many folk you say and help say goodbye to. When it's your mama or it's your family, it puts a whole different perspective on life. And so what I've learned out of that situation is that it's a great day to be alive. It's a great day to be alive. Tomorrow's not promised. It's a great day to be alive. And so we come today, God, to celebrate you. But not only that, God, to celebrate this, your manservant that you have placed here, along with his family. God revealed to this congregation how blessed they are. The depths of his commitment, his integrity, his honesty, and his gift that you have given him. God, our prayer is that they will take care of their gift the way he's taking care of them. And so, God, we pray your power, your presence, and your spirit your servant's prayer. Amen. I have kind of tailored this for your pastor and family, but I want you to lean in and listen as one pastor talks to another pastor this morning and tries to encourage him to keep on keeping on. So this morning, I want to talk about Pastor Winston at seeing people as God sees them. Because sometimes when you pastor folk, it's kind of hard to remember that they all belong to the same God that calls you. It's just me and you in here. They just eavesdropping. And, and, and there are people in my ministry now for 39 years that I know sole purpose that God sent them to the New Salem family was to keep me close to him. I'm just looking at you right now. But there are some folk in my 39 years who have made me a better Christian. And I've gotten closer to God because of them. I'm just talking to you right now. And so this morning, I, I want to help you because sometimes it's hard to see the folk we serve as God's people. Just turn to your neighbor and say, he's getting close. So I want to back this up with scripture. Luke 13, verses 10 through 13. On a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues. And a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her, and immediately she straightened up and praised God. And immediately she straightened up and praised God. This morning, I really want to talk about how, how to see people as God sees them. To, to, to go from being a container of God's blessing to being a conduit of God's blessing. 
See, some folk just come to church to get. And they take, and they take, and they take. But there are others who once they get it, they don't mind sharing it. And so I, I need some of you to think, which one are you? Uh, are, are you a container or conduit? Is anybody blessed by you being here Sunday after Sunday after Sunday? You've been coming here for a long time. Is anybody, does anybody who works with you know what you say? Or the folk would come to your job and be visiting this morning, would they be surprised to see you up in here, up in here, up in here? To, 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 to go to see his desire that we are not just a reservoir of his grace, but a river of his grace and move beyond not just our own personal response to God's love to now our responsibility to share God's love. Here's what I want you to understand. If God loves me, then he loves me enough to share his love. So somebody else should be blessed besides me if God loves me. Because once you have tasted the sweet, liberating joy of God's love, you cannot help but to begin to share. So if God really loves you, he puts you in a sharing position. It's too good to keep to yourself. So, so look at, at, at 1 John 4. Anyone who does not love does not know God for God is love. You church people, you. The reverse also has to be true. If a person does know God, then the obvious result is there'll be a more loving person. So if I know God, there ought to be something about me that ought to be more loving than folk who don't know God. I'm just pausing for, for effect. So if you're the Christian in the household, which one of y'all is the most loving, the most patient, the most forgiving? Because you're the saved one in the household. You're the one calling on Jesus' name all the time. Well, do the folk who live with you are they benefactors of God's love based upon your relationship with because I cannot be in relationship with him and be a hater with everybody else so, so the natural byproduct of a person entering into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ is that they become a more loving person and according to this passage if, you, if your life is devoid of love and you have little or no compassion for people, then conclusion is your faith isn't what you think it is. Your faith is fiction. Because when you grasp the undeserved and the free grace and you begin to experience that this kind of love that God invades your life with you, you cannot help but to be a different person because love has changed you. Some years ago, St. Augustine said, love slays what we have been so we may be what we are not. God's love invades your life and he changes you and he says you're forgiven, you're valuable, you're acceptable, you're lovable. And if you understand that, 
if you really get that, then you don't go around looking for false gods to love you. Because once I've experienced God's love, I know real love. I don't have to keep looking for love in the wrong places. See, if God has ever really loved you, everything else falls short. He says, he says in this thing, you begin to see yourself differently because it's always changed not only your past, but your present and your future because now you begin to look at your life differently and through the lens of God's love, you begin to see other people. Do. If God can change you, then everybody else got a shot because if the person next to you really knew who you really used to be, It wouldn't have took COVID to make us have social distancing. One day when Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment of all? He said the greatest commandment has two components to it. Number one, love God with everything that's in you. Number two, love your neighbor as yourself. Now, can I be honest? This is my second time, so let's not play. I don't have no problem with the first part. That loving God thing, I can get with that. But this love your neighbor thing, y'all got to pray for a brother. Because there's some days, I'm not as saved as some of y'all. There's some days, I'm still a work in progress. There's some days, I really want to tell folk what I really think. I don't want to give the religious answer, the Lord bless you and keep you. No. Y'all pray for a brother. In fact, the implied truth is, and, and this is the part, Pastor Winston, that, 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 that troubles me. You cannot love God without loving people. Darn it, and that's my church word. If I love God, I got to love people. Church would be easy if you didn't have to do people. Can I confess something? <laughs> There were parts of COVID I didn't mind. That staying home and doing that thing virtually and being in the house by myself, it was a wonderful feeling. I said my own amen. Do, do you? I had to really say, look, you got to go back to church. Really? I have to? Some of y'all looking at each other like, well, we weren't the only one. No, y'all weren't the only one. So to get the picture of how God wants to love other people, I thought we'd go straight to the source. And that source is Jesus. And in this little story in Luke, Jesus is going to paint for us a masterpiece portrait of what love is all about. So there's a couple things I want to give you, then we want to get on going. The first thing you have to do when you're going to see people as God sees them, you got to learn to look around. The Bible says, as Jesus' popularity began to grow, as people heard him teach, they were drawn to his teaching because he taught differently. So on his day, he's in the synagogue, and this particular day, he's expounding on the teaching of the scripture of the Bible, says to a crowd and gathers them there. But in the crowd that day was this woman, a woman who the Bible says, for the last 18 years, 
She'd been crippled and bent over and unable to stand up straight. As Jesus is teaching, somehow, I haven't figured this out yet, she's crippled and bent over, which means her perspective was beneath her. And Jesus is teaching. And yet the Bible says somehow his eyes locked on her and the Bible says Jesus saw her. He saw her. He noticed her. His eyes locked with hers and he was moved with compassion. So in order for Jesus' eyes to lock with her eyes, he had to get beneath her. Because all she could do was look down. And part of the problem with church folk, we have a problem getting beneath folk that we need to serve. She was looking down and he was looking up. One of the great miracles of the Bible is that God in his infinite grace pays attention to you and me. With all that God has to do, he's still mindful of our every movement. God is so intimately interested and knowledgeable in the details of your life that the Bible says that every hair on your head is numbered and even when it falls out, he notices. I'm a witness. It's been my experience that God knows, pays attention to me more than I pay attention to him. He did. He saw people. He saw especially the people who other people passed over. I want to warn you as a child of God, be careful who you pass over. That may be the very person who God uses to serve you. Matthew 9, when he looked out over the crowds, his heart broke so confused and aimless. They were like sheep without a shepherd. He saw, he noticed Here's what I've learned as a father and as a grandfather. Attention is one of the most powerful forces in all the world. Psychologists have now determined that when you pay folks attention, you give them affirmation. There's nothing worse. Let me contemporize this. You're talking to somebody, and you're talking to somebody, and while you're talking to them, they tell you they're listening, but the whole time you're talking, they scrolling to look up what somebody else is doing who don't care nothing about them. Uh, I, I, I think I told y'all last year on Sundays uh, we bring the grandkids, everybody eats with us. I have a rule. Forks up, phones down. Now whoever you following ain't in this house. And for the time period that we together, I need you to follow me. Because I'm the only person going to put you in the wheel. Them folk ain't going to put you in the wheel. I'm going to put you in the wheel. So what I'm saying, oftentimes we miss our assignment because we walk past the very people that God wants us to help. And so we have to learn, ladies and gentlemen, how to, in fact, look around. And, 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 and I know they don't do it here. But at the New Salem Church, do you know my folks sit in the same section all the time? I can take attendance the New Salem Church by just looking at sections because I don't care how many other seats are open they go on to their favorite section as if God and the Holy Spirit can't talk to them unless they're in that section I'm just talking about the New Salem Church 
And, and I said, and, and one Sunday, you have to pray for me. One Sunday, I messed them up. I, said, I made people sit according to how they came in. There was almost a riot. I even had some of my saved saints wait out in the foyer till their section became available. And I'm the worst person to let know that. Because you know what I did that Sunday? I left the pulpit and preached a sermon from the back, which messed them up. You, you have to understand, God expects you and I to look around and see where there's a need. And sometimes that need may not be the person you want to serve. So you, you got to understand that as pastor and people, don't be so busy seeing your friends that you miss what Jesus' assignment is for you. We speak to the same group of folk every Sunday. Every Sunday. And God says, I have sent people in this house for you to bless with your witness. But you're so busy talking to folk who are in the family, you miss the new folk coming in. So you and I have to understand how to look around. But there's a second thing he does next. Not only does he look around, but he takes a risk. It's right there in the text. In, in the passage, the Bible says that Jesus saw her, but then he took a risk and speaks to her and calls her forward. Now, this is risky socially. This was not proper religious good Baptist protocol. This was not in order of service. This would have been unconventional. Then think about how she must have felt. How awkward and embarrassing for her, crippled over the last 18 years. It was probably tough enough just to get her to come in a public place. Now the rabbi teacher calls her to the front of the sanctuary and, and says, come here, daughter. When you choose to demonstrate bold, reckless, radical love of Christ, sometimes it will be risky. Sometimes you may see you your pastor talking to folk you don't think he ought to be talking to. But who are you, child of God, to rule out what somebody else might be because just a couple weeks ago you was in that same situation. You, you be very careful when you limit us to who we can share with and or serve. We, we have a tendency in church once we get saved. Matter of fact, the longer people be saved, the more safe they want to be. It's hard to get old folk to witness to folk because all their friends are saved. And basically what we say to people is, since all my family is saved, everybody else can go too. It was another day. When you choose to demonstrate this thing, she was racked by fear and insecurity. Our tendency is to sort of quarantine our lives and our families. But God said that that's not how I want you to live. I want you to be out there where people are hurting. The danger with the church right now is that we are still in isolation. And we're still separated in church even though we go everywhere else. And there are people in our communities are still hurting and they want to know where's the church, where's the pastor, where's the people that are assigned to bring me back to the family. Here's a startling revelation. There's nobody that you're going to meet that ain't a child of God. There's nobody you're going to come in contact with that God did not create. 
So to dismiss, so to dismiss somebody is to suggest that somebody who God made ain't worthy of God's love and care. The reality is that when, when you take the risk, and I've learned this, ministry is risk. And the longer you're in it, the more you got to be willing to risk. Because sometimes we're so stuck on how we've always done it. COVID did an amazing thing. Because church ain't never, excuse my double negative there, ain't never going back to the way we used to do it. It's amazing to me that more folks sitting at home watching us than sitting in the congregation. But that's our reality. Don't, don't fret that. Because it opened up a whole other audience. It opened up a whole other crowd. I'm talking to folk now I didn't even know knew who we were. And so I want you to begin to understand you got to be able to take a risk as preacher and pastor and as a church family to do church in a way you've never done it before. If you love only the people who love you, you'll out get no reward. Even tax collectors do that. And if you're nice only to your friends, you're no better than other people. Even those who don't know God are nice to their friends. So let me ask you a question. Who you need to love that's in your world that's not easy to love. I've been doing this thing for 39 years now. And there are certain folk in my congregation who are known as EGR members. EGR. Extra grace required. It's God's reminder to me the shape I was in when he found me. See, folks think we always, you know, you, you know, you Dr. Winston's son, you know, you play all. They don't know that there were days that you weren't always who you are now. See, they don't know the secret secrets, but God does. There's some stuff, if folk find out I did, I'm going to blame it on one of my brothers. Even today. That wasn't me. Because the reality is God loves us in spite of our past. And God's love for me is risky. And if God can love me and give me the power to love myself, then how in God's name can I refuse to love you? So I, I got to be willing to take some risk. And I got to be able to look around. But that brings us to the third thing. The third thing is, and, and, and this, this is tough. Because I... I I don't know about this church, but, but my folk don't really like to share me. They, they, they just want me to like. And, and, and part of this call thing, Brother Sam, is reaching out. To, to, and, and you got family, it's like ain't enough hours in the day. And here come God with another assignment and another assignment. And, and actually, you, you and I got to be willing to reach past the norm and love folk who will never be our members and serve people who will never darken this church because we don't just represent the church, we represent God. And, and, and so, let, let, let me be transparent. My, my wife, like your, my wife has a ministry where she deals with women caught in human trafficking. Now she, she don't have good sense. She don't, she don't. She, they, they go out like, 11, 12 o'clock at night. She ain't got first lady garb on when she go out like that. She, she, she dressed like the folks she going to relate to. And she goes in one of the toughest areas in Columbus. And, and ain't no men allowed to go because they're they dealing with the women. 
And, and the first time she went out, you know, I wasn't feeling that. I have trust issues. So unbeknownst to her, the first time she went out, I called all my police officers who were in the congregation. I said, I need y'all to alert in that area, that precinct. I need the patrols to follow like a block and a half behind them and make sure they don't nothing crazy jump off. Because if something crazy jump off, then your pastor going to have to remember who he is. That's risky business. And that's reaching out to folk who think nobody cares about them. And it's not becoming of the first lady of the New Salem Missionary Baptist Church. But it is becoming of somebody who grew up single mother, public housing. And every now and then reminds me, except for God's grace, it could have been me. Don't you ever be ashamed of where God has brought you from or what God has brought because he will take you back to your point of departure. And so I'm real comfortable because there are folk who know her who don't know me. And on Wednesday night, they round them up and they come to the church and they feed the community for free. And folk don't know that she's the pastor's wife. She's just a food lady. One day I, I got the line, I said, where the food lady at? Because ladies and gentlemen, don't be more concerned about titles than tiles. And if you're not willing to be a testimony, don't worry about your title because it will only be temporary. Sam, he doesn't just reach out. But the text says he puts his hands on her. He actually touches her. And that's the shout right there. It, it, it wasn't enough for him just to call her forward because he doesn't call her by name. He calls her a daughter of Abraham. You, you, you missed that. He, he calls her not by her given name, but by her given heritage. I don't ever want you to forget that there's kingdom living in your life. Even though for the last 18 years you've been looking down, that's not your position and that's not your purpose. I want to remind you your purpose is you are a daughter of Abraham. He, he touches the woman. And, and there's something important about the right kind of touch. Because when, when, when you hug somebody right, See, there's something powerful when a father grabs his children and says to them, I love you and I care about you, or, or, or grabs. There's something powerful about the right touch. And in Luke 4, 5, he, he says, he, he touches her. He touches her. And, and here's what I know. When God touches you, it's not like any other touch you've ever had. Because he gets past all the stuff that other folk didn't want to be bothered with. All the sin, all the degradation, all the stuff that kept other folk from touching. And God said, in spite of all of that, you are still my child. He's in the touch business. And so you, we got to be willing as a church to touch people in different ways. Touch them with care and compassion. 
be careful about dismissing folk who belong to God. They may not be your cup of tea, but they're his cup of tea. There's some stuff I ain't going to never be voted in, but, but there's one thing that got my name on it. And, and when all this other stuff falls away, and, and I don't care about when all I'm still going to be God's child. And that's enough for me. I, I, I'm blessed, I'm blessed because I, I don't have to do all this other stuff because I'm blessed to talk to enough folk on Sunday to satisfy my ego. And when I think about where God found me and the condition I was in, if y'all knew where he found me, y'all wouldn't be sitting here listening to me. Because some of y'all starting to look familiar. It's going to come to me. <laughs> I've gotten older now. My memory ain't as sharp as it used to be. There's a fourth thing here, Sam. I'm almost done. When you really get in this radical love thing, and you get revolutionary with it, I, I, I want to share you from a pastoral point of view now. Luke 13, 14, 15. Indignant because Jesus healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue ruler said to the people, there are six days for work, so come and be healed on those days, not on the Sabbath. When you really get serious about this thing, expect criticism. If you're not being criticized, you're not doing Christ-like work. And sometimes, man, it gets hard to handle because some of the folk you did the most for. Some of the folk you stood in the gap for. Some of the folk you left your family to go help will be the same folk being the cheerleaders of the hater groups. And so you have to do this thing not because they cheer you. It's a dangerous thing to become addicted to the applause. But when all that is gone, I, 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 I drove down. So I said, you came by yourself? Yeah, I, I came by myself today. I needed some time alone with me and God. And I got to thinking about how good God has been. I almost tore the car up shouting in the car. Because when I used to come to Dayton back in the day, <laughs> that's how it remained between me and God. Oh, but, but, but the reality is this, man. God's been too good. So if folk are criticizing you, it's not you they're criticizing. It's who you represent. And the more God does with you and through you, the more criticism is going to come. So I've had to learn to rejoice. If you think that's bad, you really ought to know this other stuff I done done. And so understand there are going to always be critics because there's always going to be people who have nothing else to do. So people are going to criticize. But in spite of the critics, in spite of everything else, don't be afraid. This last thing. First John 3, 18. My dear children, let's not just talk about love. Let's practice real love. Pastor, you got to seize the moment. Some stuff you can't wait on the church to make up their mind about. They mean well. They love you but God didn't give them the vision. He gave you the vision. Sometimes 
even those closest to you will not understand the sacrifices. But bruh, when God has spoken, I'm a witness. God never makes you a promise that you can afford. Don't, don't, don't go look at the numbers because they won't add up. You're looking about one-fourth of the folk you used to looking to, but you're hitting it every day. Y'all still open. The air condition, all, everything's still working. If somebody would have told you this two years ago, you'd have lost your mind because I almost lost mine. But look at God. God says, I had to reduce the church globally to make them understand I don't need attendance. I need people who are workers and willing to sacrifice and willing to get the work done. I can do more with this less than you can do with all that more because we used to evaluate, well, you know, the house was full. The house ain't been full and God knows where and we're doing more mystery than we've done. We, we, we count numbers and he counts commitment. God, give me some committed folk who have made up their mind for you. You ought to be taken dating by storm. With this leadership, with this commitment, with this consistency, don't count numbers. Jesus only had 12. And none of them were first-round draft choices. Y'all do know that. None of them were first-round draft choices. All of them had full-time jobs. They weren't church people. But he found them working. So, my other church family, as your pastor's pastor, my prayer for you is that you will pray for him. But don't just pray. Share with Brother Johnson, story of my grandfather, step-grandfather, but grandfather nonetheless. We didn't call him grandpa. His name was Bud. Called him Bud. Bud never went to church. But he had a son that was a preacher, and my grandmother was a steward in the CME church. She went to the CME. She was a steward. That means she was an officer. But Bud wouldn't go to church. He made sure my grandmother had a tithe because he didn't want nobody looking down on his wife. Bud. I idolized Bud. Bud was a hard worker, man. He worked construction for 60 years. Helped put in the Ohio Turnpike. Know everything about the Ohio Turnpike. So I asked him one day, I said, Bud, how come you don't go to church? He said, Keith, he said, you know, there's 12 houses on this block, 900 block of Norwood, Toledo, Ohio. That's how Toledo people talk, 900 block. He said, I own 9 out of 12. He said, and when them folk be down there praying, these folk is hungry. Sometimes these kids need clothes and school books and all that. He said, I, I, I do more for them as the overall landlord because I make sure... None of them go without. Now, when you put feet on them prayers, 
I'll come to church. But until the church decides that praying is all right, but you got to do more than just pray, you need to get up somewhere and do something and make a difference in the marketplace. So when your pastor decides to put feet on his prayers, I don't want you to say, go ahead, pastor. We praying for you. He know God for himself. I just want you to get ready. Pastor, where are we going? What time? And who you, where you need us to be? Because it might be your grandchild. It might be your niece, your nephew. It might be your, it may be the very person you've been praying for. And so, my charge to you, after the celebration, and I want y'all to celebrate, the man of God, won't God need to be celebrated. But after you get finished celebrating, I dare you to put feet on your prayers. What a word. What a word. I pray that it's marinating in your heart and that it will come from your heart and start percolating in your feet. Amen. Now's the time that we offer Christ. The Bible says that faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. And if you're here or you're at home watching and you have not accepted Jesus, you're not saved, you've never made that commitment to Christ, now's your time. The preacher said earlier that tomorrow is not promised. I would like to say the next minute is not promised. The next second is not promised. But I tell you, the Lord did promise that he would give you eternal life if you accept his son as your Lord and Savior. Believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth. The Bible says you shall be saved. Not you might be saved. You shall be saved. Sometimes I think salvation is just too easy for people to accept. But the truth of the matter is, it's not hard. If God is pricking your heart right now, don't run. Give your life to him. If you're in the house today and you want to give your life to Jesus, you want to be saved, put your hand up. Someone will come and walk you through the process. Amen. Amen. If God is pricking your heart right now, don't ignore it. That's the Lord. He is saying that you are valuable.
Is there another? Put your hand up. We've, we've got more folks that have come to you. And if you're watching online and, and you want to give your life to Jesus on today, just put it in the comment section. We have folks, good folks. We thank God for multimedia. They will contact you and walk you through that process. Give your life to him. It's the most important decision you'll ever make in your life. That's the first call. But the second call is if you know you're saved, you've been baptized, you believe that Jesus is God's son, and God has led you to this ministry, to the Mount Calvary Missionary Baptist Church, Calvary Nation. And God led you to become a member here. If God called you to be here, we want you here. We need you here. Put your hand up. Someone will come and... Amen. And if you're watching online and you want to become a member of this part of God's body, just put it in the comment section. Someone will get back with you. I promise you that. But if you're here today and God has laid on your heart to become a member of this congregation, just put your hand up. to express the appreciation of all the ministries of Mount Calvary. We are so grateful to have had your leadership for 18 years. You have demonstrated the qualities of great leaders because you are respectful, transparent, and trusting. We thank you for the sacrifices you and your family continue to make, praying, visiting the sick and shut-ins, teaching and preaching, showing patience, love, and understanding. Now, since I was first pastored by Pastor Samuel Winston Sr., I realized that I needed to see what the Bible says about the qualities of a good pastor. So I found a list of the nine most important qualities of a good pastor according to the Bible. Loving and caring, check. Shows meekness, which is strength under control, check. Integrity, check. 
A good conscience check inspires members to love Jesus check teaches sound doctrine checked he doesn't exploit checked he's full of faith check and number nine he's full of the Holy Spirit check as you take the floor for us And all the ministry leaders, please get in position. The ministries of Mount Calvary wish to present some small tokens of our appreciation for your dedicated, sacrificial, and loving service for 18 wonderful and sometimes trying years. Amen.
fishbowl and under the microscope and everybody criticizing and giving opinions and don't really know what's going on. We appreciate so much that you share your parents and your life, your entire life with the Mount Calvary Nation. morning Mount Calvary Nation family and friends I'm not gonna stand right up in here you know because I want them to see me and I want you to see me also <laughs> yeah. I did have a joke but I forgot what it was so. <laughs> yeah. you know um, I'm here to present to uh, Pastor Sam and uh, Lady Chanel our appreciation gift from the Mount Calvary Nation. You know, and I got put in a difficult spot because uh, I realized I had to come behind pastor's pastor. And that's not easy. And then I had to come behind Sister Burks, you know, and she's very elegant in when she talks. So it made me wonder what I was going to say you know, as I present this, and they told me, they said, um, you know, don't be up there long, you know, they said, 30 seconds and out, I said, oh, 30 minutes, great, you know, <laughs> so I just have a, a few things to say, you know, last time I was up here, I told you that um, pastor has a title, and that title that, that I see that people throw around, but that's real to me, is man of God. You know, and if you if you know him and you believe in the word and you know God, when you say man of God, you know what, what we're talking about. There's something else uh, that I call him also. You know, he doesn't know, and I'm going to share with you guys. Okay, I call him pebble. Pebble, not rock, but a pebble. Because we all enter in that stream of life, you know, and God knows when we need something in our life. So here's a date that I want you to remember. January 24, 1976. Now, you'd be wondering, what date is that? Yeah, it's pastor's birthday. Long time ago, before he was thought about, before we were thought about, God dropped a pebble in that stream of life. And it ripples out. 
you know, and then you get to you get to feel it. Not not just hear it, but you get to feel it. And I can I can feel it because when I hear some of you talk, it comes through me. You know, the last few weeks uh, we had someone to stand up here and talk about Pastor's anniversary. I don't know if she's here, but Dor Darion Norvell. You know, there she is. She talked about. She said. You know, I came to this church when I was 14. I'm a grown woman now. But Pastor Sam and Lady Chanel poured into her life. You know, she said those words, but I felt it. It wasn't, it wasn't a big splash, but it was a ripple. You know, and it just glides along. Lonnie Spain. She told you, she said, Pastor Sam, that's my little brother but I call him Bishop. You know, that was that little ripple that come because God knew what she needed even before he was here. You know? And then Don, Don Rucker, Rucker Turner. She said, you know, people talk to me, you know, and I listen, you know, but then I went and talked to Pastor. And it was that little ripple, it's what he said that just kind of flowed through me. You know? Uh, there are things that we hear, but then there are times when there are things that we feel. You know, I heard his mom say, I need to talk to pastor. You know, she didn't say, I need to talk to Sam. I needed to talk to pastor. God knew that we need ripples in our lives that we can feel. Pastor Sam, Lady Chanel, we love you. I'm not just saying I love you. I'm saying we, Mount Calvary Nation, family and friends, we love you. And thank you. And what I would like to do, you know, this is this is a small token of our appreciation. But you know, my father, who owns everything, you know, gave us something. And that was that pebble that he dropped in the water. And that was you. Thank you. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you. You may be seated. What an absolutely wonderful Savior we serve. God is amazing. Um, they chose to put me up 
uh, right behind Deacon Sandifer, who was determined to try to make me cry. I'm, like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not doing it. Um, certainly, we we thank God for this opportunity. We thank God for my pastor, Dr. Keith Troy. who spoke to us prophetically this morning. Uh, the ministry leaders and I have already met um, and talked about what next year looks like for the Mount Calvary family. And, uh, and our theme for next year is unto the least of these. And it's all about love and service. Uh, revolutionary, uh, radical were the words that I got from pastor this morning revolutionary and radical love and that's what we're going to uh, attempt to show I'm grateful for, for Pastor Troy, I'm grateful for you Mount Calvary family uh, I, I tell anybody that will listen I pastor absolutely wonderful people, I just do um, and I, I appreciate God putting us together uh, my wife doesn't want to say anything today, oh she said just thank you and she loves you Got you. Um, she'll she'll holler at you next month uh, when we celebrate her birthday. Um, but I'm I'm so grateful for my wife. My, my the Lord put us together without a doubt, and I cannot imagine being on this journey uh, with with anybody else. And as a matter of fact, um, she doesn't recognize it, but uh, but I keep going because I get to go home to her. <laughs> And I'm grateful for my children. Uh, my parents used to introduce us every year at anniversary, and they would embarrass me, and I didn't understand why. Um, but the thing is, in a growing church, in a growing congregation, the very fact uh, that there are always people coming means that there are people who don't know who our children are. Uh, and so I'm going to introduce them. Um, <laughs> when I started pastoring, believe it or not, uh, my wife was pregnant with our oldest, um, and now he's about to graduate from high school. Nate, stand up so the congregation, congregation can see who you are. And then our oldest daughter, Parker, uh, stand up so everybody can see who you are. She's 12 in middle school. And then our youngest, Bailey, who is 10 in the fifth grade. Stand up, dear lady. Uh, they share their parents with everybody, and we're grateful. Um, I do want to recognize the rest of my family um, who is here. And again, there are people who have joined who may not know who they are. Uh, but these are my for real sisters, um, Sister Spain. Lelani <laughs> Spain, stand up, please. Um, Sister Natalie McClure and her husband is Deacon McClure here today? He's not here today. All right. Um, and, uh, and my brother's children from, uh, from Maryland came. They flew in yesterday just to be with us today. Uh, Mark, wave your hand in the back. And Miss Marla here in the front. Um, are any of my other nieces or nephews here? Where are they? 
Oh, stand up, Aunt Leah Joy. This is Sister Spain's daughter. And Jasmine's working out at the, at the table. Um, good. And Bobby just left. Mrs. Betts. And uh, good. And, and uh, Mr. Betts, Brother Peter, her husband. And uh, certainly, I want to thank my mother, Mrs. Bobby Winston. who served this congregation for 46 years as the first lady of this congregation and who continues to serve this congregation and, uh, and we're grateful for her. I'm so proud that she just turned 89 and uh, so proud. There are so many and I, I won't uh, name names outside of my family um, so that I don't forget people and get in trouble but thank you all so much for being the congregation you are for doing what you do. Um, thank you. You all take good care of me. You take good care of me, and you allow me to take good care of my family. Um, I don't have some of the horror stories that my colleagues talk about. I just have never experienced them. Uh, I can't believe it's been 18 years, but it has. Um, I, um, I'm looking forward to what's ahead, trying not to rest on what has been. Do you hear me? The biggest hurdle to future success is past success. God has been good to us. We've seen him move mountains. We've seen him cause walls to fall. Right? We've seen him do the miraculous. But I got to tell you, and I believe with my whole heart, we ain't seen nothing yet. All right, good. I think that's it. I don't know what I'm supposed to do or who I'm supposed to give it to, but you got it. God bless you. Amen. Before we bring Dr. Troy back up for the final remarks and the benediction I want to remind us to be supportive of this church by way of our giving amen somebody uh, ministry takes money let the church say amen uh, gotta pay bills and so if you're gonna give um, you can text to give and the number is 855-908-0710 if you want to give by cash app is dollar sign M-T-C-A-L-M-B-C or you can do Givelify, tap, give and done or the deacons will be waiting um, at the exit uh, to receive your offering and please as we dismiss follow the directions of the ushers a pastor and a leg lady will be in the lobby to greet you as you exit and one more thing, if you have something in your pocket, pull it out. We want to bless this man of God with a love offering. There will be a deacon standing at the exit, and he'll let you know who he is, because I don't know. <laughs> but let's bless this man of God with something that he can take back to Columbus, amen, and get him a hamburger or two from McDonald's, amen.
Now let's let's bless him mightily. Amen. Let's do a love offering. But now let's have a benediction from Pastor Troy. Come on, put your hands together. What a wonderful preacher he is. Amen. Church, say amen. Please, let's stand on your feet. Now, I want to do something this morning as your pastor's pastor. I still want you to give the love offering, but everything you give goes to your pastor. That's my gift to him on top of what I've already given. Loving what it says is what it does. Loving what it says is what it does. Amen? Give like you were getting ready to be blessed. Amen? Amen. God, thank you for this ministry. God, thank you for the legacy. The transition that happened and God, you ordained that. God, our hearts are glad to see Mom Winston here and still serving. The example that she has set down through the years. We're grateful for those kind of examples as the rest of the family. But God, our prayer for this church is that they will only attempt things that are guaranteed to fail unless you get involved. And on the other side of that, God, we are reminded that our memory is a friend to our faith. If you've done it before, you can do it again. Amen. Amen, amen. God bless you and God keep you. May you go in God's peace. Excuse me. Um, for the ladies that ordered women's ministry t-shirts, if you could meet me out front uh, to pick up your shirt, I would greatly appreciate it. For those women that already placed your orders, I do have your shirts. Thank you. Financial contributions help to transform lives, to reveal the glory of God's kingdom. For your convenience, you can use the Giveify app on your smartphone, the Cash app, or if you're in the Dayton, Ohio area, you may drop off your contribution at the Mount Calvary Church at the address shown. Thank you for worshiping virtually with us today. We look forward to being able to worship together in person soon. Until then, in the words of Pastor Sam, just live.
makes no difference what you're going through. You're gonna make it. God's gonna see you through. Hold your head up. Put a smile on your face. This is another test. It's gonna be alright. 